in the footsteps of Jesus from down under. This is Nick Kurita, your host. I'm very happy to be with you again and welcome to our program. Today I have a special guest. You'll really like to hear his story. When I bumped into Nick the other day and I thought, I see somebody who's, you know, not very often walking into our churches. Straight away I thought, I, I want to talk to this man to see who he is. And Nick, welcome to our program. Thanks, Nick. Look, when you walk into our church, uh, you look different. <laughs> and today I would like to hear a bit of your story. What brought you to come to church? And would you mind just before we get into your story, just share a little bit of your background? Yeah, well, uh, thanks, Nick. It's um, it's quite interesting because another guy, a homeless guy at a supermarket on Friday, actually said similar things. He said, uh, you don't look like a Christian to me. And we ended up having a prayer together, and he took some glow tracks, and it was a, a really special connection we had. So, yeah, my background is I'm, um, well, until last year, I, I'd owned and operated um, a couple of tattoo studios for over 20 years. I was born in England. Uh, my mother's English-Italian, half-English, half-Italian. My father's Fiji-Indian, so he's born in Fiji of Indian descent. Um, when he was 17, he travelled to England, um, where my mother was born, and then I was born... Uh, some years later um, then when I was six years old we moved to New Zealand my father had a job opportunity there and we moved from England to New Zealand which was a um, big culture shock you know obviously the, the place was a lot different and um, you know I uh, kind of lived the New Zealand way and, and you I had to stick up for yourself where you, you got walked over basically and, and so I kind of went down a rough path you know and uh, I was well, by the time I had a fascination with tattoos, um, that's why I looked a bit different when uh, you saw me in church because you don't see many tattooed people in churches, and I'm quite heavily tattooed. So. And just to to interrupt you here, just for a moment, uh, when you share with with us that even some other people in the supermarket or somewhere you say, "Oh, you don't look like a Christian," when you look from to a person from outside. You know, you may think that doesn't look uh, as, as a Christian, yeah. but you need to know that person. And it's like the Bible says, you know, God reads the heart. You know, we yeah. can see also the face. Um, now, there are things which we do in our lives which cannot change, for example. In, in your case, you know, some tattoos, you know, people, you know, even if you change your life around, they still remain there. That's right. Uh, and that could be maybe a, a story to tell behind this. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just uh, eager to hear that story, Nick. <laughs> well, I was always fascinated with uh, tattoos. And my grandmother, my Indian grandmother, she actually has my grandfather's uh, initials and surname tattooed on her forearm. Apparently, when I was a baby, she was holding me and I licked my finger and tried to wipe them off. And um, so I'd always seen them from a young age. My grandfather, who was once a, a Fijian policeman as well, he was quite a hard man, he... Um, he had a big star tattooed on his hand, so I guess I was, my parents never had tattoos, but I'd always been fascinated. And then, of course, going to New Zealand, where it was very much a part of the culture, uh, the New Zealand culture, to have tattoos, and a lot of Polynesians there as well, which, me being half-caste, I, I, I fitted in with that culture as well. But um, on the other hand, the blacks used to call me white and the whites used to call me black, so <laughs> I was kind of, even though I had a lot of friends on both sides, I was also a bit of a loner, you know, but... Um, I ended up, um, I got in trouble tattooing kids at school uh, when I was 13 years old, which got me in a whole pile of trouble because this poor kid came to school with a bandage the next day around his ankle where I tattooed him because um, 
his mother had actually spotted it when he got home and she grabbed a knife off the kitchen bench and dug it out and it was all swollen and infected. So I got in a lot of trouble at school for that. And um, some years later I went to high school for where I only did two terms at um, Pakarang College in Auckland before they said I had serious psychological problems and I didn't fit into their school system because I refused to be caned for something I hadn't done, which, um, you know, who had the psychological problems? A young boy who didn't want to be hit by a grown man with a big stick or the the man who wanted to hit the small boy with the, the big stick. So, uh, yeah, I um, I got referred to an alternative school for, for basically for naughty boys and girls in a suburb called Ponsonby, which was quite a rough area of Auckland at the time, um, where we learned a lot more about life skills than academic schools. Um, you know, the value of a firm handshake and a look in the eye when you went to a job interview, um, uh, some respect for, for others around you, some basic anger management and things like that. Uh, we also had cooking facilities at the school where we'd, uh, there was only 18 pupils, but each day we'd, a few of us would be allocated to go in the supermarket and buy enough food to prepare a meal for the rest of the kids. So we learned domestic skills as well and things like that. Um, things you don't not generally learn, you know, day by day in, in a normal um, conventional school, you know. Mm. So I think, I think, you know, even though I felt the odd one out and some of my f- I was ostracised by some of my my friends and my my group at the time. Um, it was a blessing in disguise for me to go to that school because I learned some some things I wouldn't have learned anywhere else, you know. Um, but um, you know, I, I hung around with bike clubs and and gangs and stuff like that. You know, I I I used to fight a lot. Um, I drank alcohol. I had addiction problems, which I didn't see as addiction problems because I was a drinker, but I was very rarely drunk. I think it's because I was a control freak. I didn't like to be out of control, you know, and mm. I also used to look after, try and look after my mates to get them home or look after them when they were too intoxicated and things like that. But, um, I, yeah, it was, I don't know. I, I look back now and I see that God was there all along, but I didn't know him, uh, back then at all, you know, and, uh, I used to actually, I, in fact, I, I knocked and mocked God for many years. So I said God was just a way for churches to get rich. And, mm. and look, there's partial truth there. I've seen some things in churches that, that uh, you know, are, are very legalistic and, and um, you know, reminds me of the Pharisees spoken of in the Bible. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't fully agree with some things, but what I do agree with now is that... Um, Jesus Christ was here and he's very mm. real and his message mm. is real but um, it took me some time to figure that out and it was probably roughly 10 years ago now I um, well after school and that I ended up um, setting up a tattoo studio in the markets in Auckland and tattooed there for a few years before I had an opportunity to come to Australia and I came to Australia and um, I was actually chasing you know, on, in pursuit of a, a woman that I knew from New Zealand who'd moved to Australia and um, she later became the mother of my two children, my two wonderful children. And um, and I now also have two grandsons. So, wow. So that's a real blessing too. And, and uh, you're still young, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I've had it. Look, I, I can't complain. I, I, I've had a fun life and... Um, uh, I got to do all those things that I thought was cool. You know, when I was a teenager, I, I wanted to have a tattoo studio. And, um, you know, I also thought it'd be cool to play in a band or work on TV and have some cool bikes and cars and all those sorts of things. And it's almost like God said, all right, I'm going to let you have all your stuff. Mm. And after you see where it takes you, 
then you can have some of my stuff. You know? Yeah, you, you know, as you just mentioned, the pursuit of the happiness on this earth, you know, is different than what God has in store for Amen, each one of brother. us. Amen. You know, and we think that uh, if we don't fit in the culture, if we don't, uh, you know, you know, the peer pressure, yep. uh, all, all those sorts, sorts of things. Um, but it's wonderful to know you, Nick, right now that you understand or you understood and you, you're still walking, you know, into uh, understand more and more about God, the mm. one who created us, the one who's looking after us, even when we are walking astray, mm. you know, from from him. Yes. But uh, I'd like to, yeah, to know a little bit of this uh, change which happened in your life. Keep sharing with us. How did you gradually come to know God? Okay, well, yeah, I, in 1995, I, I was privileged and uh, to be in a position to open a tattoo studio, which um, the week before I was due to open, incidentally, a car being chased by police crashed out of control through the window and wiped the whole shop out. So it wasn't looking very good for a future in tattooing. You know, I had a mortgage and, um, you know, a partner and children and mouths to feed and obligations. And and um, so anyway, eventually I, I set up the tattoo shop, got it up and running, and then five months later it got firebombed and I was out of business again and so in the first year of business three months were totally unproductive with full overheads you know mm. so it was um it's amazing it, it survived but uh i continued on and um you know i was playing in a band for 18 years as well in a rock band and uh, classic rock cover band um and i got to work on tv uh, you know i was even in the first series of underbelly and mm. done various other TV commercials and but I was always cast as a prisoner or a thug or a biker or yes. some sort of rough head um, but yeah you know it paid reasonably well it was a bit of fun I thought it was a cool thing to do and and all those things that I had dreamed of um, came true you know and and then um, roughly 10 years ago I had an opportunity to go to a church and I walked into this church it was Lilydale um, Seventh-day Adventist Church and uh, I walked into the church and I saw these amps and guitars and drum kits set up and I thought, oh, what goes on here? You know, this is like, uh, this isn't like what I thought a church was about, you know. And um, anyway, I, I sat down and the music started playing and the beat was quite good, you know. There was a good guy on guitar playing some good little licks and I said, yeah, this is all right. And I, and, and I was impressed by it. There was a, a big, a large percentage of the people in there were, were youth, you know, and I, I thought, wow, they, and they were getting into the music, and I thought, this is really cool that um, these kids are going to get a way better upbringing here than hanging out down the train station or at the pub or drinking, you know, in the park with their mates and all the stuff I did, you know. we, Oh, we used to smoke weed and drink alcohol and even sniff lighter fluid and things like that, you know, and, and just, I, I just amazed that I'm still alive after some of the, some of the, Oh, terrible things that I, I did, you know, but obviously God had a plan for me, you know, and even though I didn't know it back then. And Anyway, so I, I sat down and I was listening to the, the music and there were some really good positive lyrics in this, these songs these people were singing and the words were coming up on a big screen, you know, and the titles of the songs. I thought, this is really cool, but where I was seated, I, I'd actually worn a, because of my tattoos, and I have tattoos on my neck as well, I, I wore a, a polo neck long sleeve jumper you know and I was sitting positioned right next to a split system heater and my partner was sitting next to me and she said what's wrong I said it's hot in here she goes take your jumper off and I had my business shirt on you know my tattoo shop um, singlet underneath and I said oh uh, people freak out on my tattoos it was quite conservative looking crowd you know mm. there was about 300 people in there 
She goes, no, you'll be right. And I said, no, no, it's okay. And I sat there a bit longer. I'm getting hotter and hotter and hotter and more and more uncomfortable. And by this stage, I'm getting red and a bit lightheaded, you know, because I'm nearly getting dehydrated. She just take it off. So I took the jumper off, and I'm sitting there feeling very, very self-conscious, you know, thinking, oh, man, this is <laughs> I'm like a fish out of water, you know. Mm. And then I look up at the screen, and the next song title that came up on the screen in big letters was Come As You Are. Mm. And they started singing the song. And the words spoke to me, and it wasn't the Nirvana song, Come As You Are, either. It was a, a spiritual gospel song. I don't know who wrote it, but the words spoke to me, and it was like it was right there for me at the right time. And I even, I think I even looked up and gave a, you know, a, uh, a discreet thumbs up, saying, oh, thanks, thanks for that, you know, I feel a little mm. bit more comfortable now. And uh, anyway, I, the, I, I, I sat there, and the, the, the sermon started, and I had this overwhelming emotional feeling, you know, and I sat there... It was a warm emotional feeling and I had tears in my eyes for the rest of the service, you know, and I, a lady said to me later on who I'd been introduced to on the way and she said, did you enjoy yourself, Nick? I said, you enjoy the service? And I said, oh, you know what, I really did. I said, I don't know what it was, but I had this emotional overwhelming feeling, you know, I had tears in my eyes and she said, that's the Holy Spirit moving in you. I said, is it? Because I didn't know it. And she said to my partner, that man must come back here. And I wasn't sure if she's thought I needed all the help I could get or something special was going to happen and turned out it was both you know and anyway I did start going back and after about six months of starting to absorb the message and the word uh, it, it was talking to my heart and touching my heart and, and I was thinking you know if more people applied this to their lives the world would be such a better place and for our children to grow up in and 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 for everybody you know and and um, so I said look God I'm really starting to believe and feel something, I want to take my hands off the wheel and let you steer me for a while. And within 12 months, I was on the first of several mission trips to Cambodia, volunteering at orphanages and feeding hungry people who live at a rubbish tip and vaccinating sick kids and mm. all these sorts of things, and things that I never thought would have happened. You know, it was a miracle and and uh, and a true blessing to be able to experience those sorts of things. And, yeah, so it, it just continued on from there. And um, if I started having Bible studies, you know, with a couple of guys from Lilydale Church. One of the pastors and another guy has become a good friend. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just just an amazing experience that uh, took me on this journey. But one of my other friends also said that uh, he he was a born again Christian, but he wasn't an Adventist, and he he'd recently given up drinking alcohol. I used to play in a band with him as well. He was a bit older than me. He said, you know, you'll have to change your profession because God wouldn't like you doing tattoos. And I, I put this to my um, my Bible study teachers, and they said, "Look, God, uh, look, God can use you wherever you are." And and to date, I've given out so many copies of Ellen White's books, and had so many prayers with so many people in that tattoo shop, and spiritual discussions with them that He did use me where I was. Um, but yeah, at the end of last year, I figured that uh, I just felt that impressed to to give up tattooing um, because it's such a big part of the fashion industry now, and what's in your heart is way more important than what's on your skin and um i didn't want to be part of that um self-glorification of people mm. just uh whether it be the way they dress or having to have this or that or but you know it just seemed so worldly to me i didn't want to support that anymore mm. if that makes sense i just um felt that god had something better for me to do um so i downed tools and sold the business to the guy that was working with me um but, I mean, in the meantime, we'd, we'd, the guy, I used to close the shops on Sabbath because I'm, I'm a Sabbath keeper. You know, I don't work on Saturdays. And, and then I figured it wasn't fair for me to impose my spiritual beliefs on my co-workers' careers. So I allowed them to work on Sabbath, but the commission they normally pay me, 
um, I donated all of that to charity. Mm. And um, to date, we've given th- well many, many much support to a, a charity called Connecting Hands, which rescue young girls from sex slavery in Cambodia. Mm. And Nick, uh, just if I could just interrupt you a bit here, because we are going to take a short break. Now, I just noticed a couple of things in um, your sharing. First yeah. of all, uh, you mentioned something uh, when you had that visit the first time to the church that um, that thing which impacted you come as you are and i can see a changed man now (laughs) from what you start to tell us you know about uh, about your um, upbringing and uh, all your experiences and that's the thing which i would like to focus but we'll do that after the break please stay with us don't go anywhere we'll be back in a minute with nick again
Welcome back. This is in the footsteps of Jesus from Down Under. My guest today is Nick Duth and his amazing story. Nick, we, before the break, we just talked about uh, uh, how God was working in your life mm. and how you get to know God. But after that, you know, you are uh, in a position to take decisions, mm. you know, to follow God. And we learn about you. You're a man with involved in so many things, you know, which we don't necessarily mention alcohol, drugs, uh, you know, and you had a business with uh, a studio, a tattoo studio. Mm. And you just shared with us before the break that you, you were impressed to close that shop. Mm. Can you please uh, take us back uh, from there and just share with us? Yeah, I just felt it was time. I saw, um, so many people, you know, and I, I realised that, I think it was after the mission work in Cambodia and Laos that um, I realised that in the big scale of life, tattoos weren't that important, you know. I used to think they were important, but um, after seeing hungry people and vaccinating sick kids and um, just doing some charity and mission work, I, I, I felt that my time would be better spent, uh, the time that I've been gifted with, um, would be better spent doing more humanitarian type work or community based work um, rather than glorifying people by putting things on their skin that they think are cool, you know, so to speak, which don't actually change a person's heart. They may lead us away from where our heart should be. Um, so, yeah, I felt that it was time to finish that chapter and basically step out in faith and see what God wanted me to do, you know. I'd been feeling a calling. Um, for some time to do something else but I didn't know what and I, I still don't I'm actually trying to quiet the, the, the noise in my head so I can listen for specific instruction from God um, because I, I, I now feel that um, there's only one we, we were created we were created for something and that something is to bring glory to him not to us interesting enough because I was just going to to interrupt you there um, when you mentioned that uh, while you're involved with the, with the tattoos and all other things um, you just said that people want to do that to to glorify themselves mm. but actually you are you are starting to understand that we are here to glorify God Amen. and how can we live our life in today's time you know when the pressure is on on ourselves you know like how to look better how to be stand out there you know in the mm. in the society and you you those remarks i think are very crucial you know very mm. important that you come to the realization yeah. that we are here on this earth as human beings and sinful people but to glorify god and god will change our lives and god will direct us and will take us on the right path and that's what you are searching for right Amen. now yeah, and little by little, you know, when I first um, started to read the Word and and be converted, um, I heard about the sacrifice and surrender, and I thought, how can I sacrifice and surrender everything I've ever lived and loved and enjoyed? Um, you know, and I don't use that love word as freely as I used to. Mm -hmm. I like those things, but there's there's only one true love, and um, and that's what God has for us. Um, so anyway, I I thought it would be impossible to um, to to give up everything I'd ever known, and and little by little, well, it was actually bacon sandwiches were the first thing to go. I used to live on bacon sandwiches, and then I I read about unclean meats, and it started to started to get to me, you know, started to speak to me, and I, I gave that up, and then 
And well, and incidentally, now I don't eat any animal products at all. I'm mm. full uh, plant-based diet, and I feel so much better for it. That's another story. But uh, I mean, that's what day. I thought. You look, you look so uh, good, <laughs> so young uh, for a uh, grandpa. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be 51 in a couple of months, and uh, oh, and, wow. I, and I feel better than I was when I was 25. You know, so that's wonderful. Um, but anyway, yeah, and then little by little, one by one, the alcohol went. The, the, I used to sell drugs. You know, that that went. I, I just felt that was the wrong thing to be doing. It, it spoils people's lives, and and um, I'm making money out of their misery, and that, that's there's no glory there. So that went. Um, then eventually, I, I gave up smoking cigarettes and and marijuana myself. You know. Um, it's been four years since I drank alcohol, mm. um, and not so long since I gave up cigarettes. I really struggled with that one. That's a hard battle. But eventually, when you know, I heard another um, a friend, um, Sam Childers, also known as Machine Gun Preacher. He said, "When you get serious about God, God gets serious about you," mm-hmm. and um, and amazing things happened. You know, I used to think Christian life must be boring. People don't smoke or drink or party or anything like. And I tell you what, since I became a believer, my life has been anything but boring. It's been the wildest time of my life, mm-hmm. and the most exhilarating and fulfilling and rewarding part of my life to date. You know, and it's. Uh, I guess when I first started getting tattoos, it was because it was an antisocial statement, and I wasn't—I wanted to, society to see I wasn't a conformist with um, with the rest of society. But now it's gone the other way, where I'm not a conformist with the world. I want—I want to live God's way, not Amen uh, for not that. my way, and let Him use me. You know, mm. here I am, here I am. What 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 can you use me for? And I think. Um, Well, I feel that that is a far more effective and worthwhile purpose in my short time on this earth than uh, than anything else that is on offer. Yeah. What else can lead to, you know, I've been recently saying if we could leave our children an inheritance of a fully furnished mansion with an endless bank account or the gift of peace, love, joy, harmony and compassion, and then to add to that, faith and salvation mm. well you can be a multi-billionaire and you cannot buy one of those things yes you cannot buy one of those yeah. things and they're all on offer for free if we accept the gift of faith mm. that jesus came here to show us how to do it as a, as human flesh and blood to show us there's a way that we can live a holy and sacred and and you know sanctified life yeah and nick um Time is going so fast. It's, it's, it's against us today. We, we need to have you back uh, into the into a next program. Uh, but just before we finish today, uh, you already started to to advise a little bit, if we can say that, uh, our listeners. You know, say, but if you want, if you have an opportunity, right, and you have an opportunity right now to address our listeners, what would you say to our listeners from your experience? Don't be frightened to surrender. And accept that gift of faith, and you don't have to do much after that. You just have to keep listening for instruction, and God does the rest. We, we don't have we, we we try to do things ourselves. We can't do this ourselves. We're not designed to do these things ourselves. We're we're designed to do it, leaning into God's arms. And if we trust in Him, He'll take us to the place where we need to be. We might not know that we need to be there, but He knows what's best for us. As a parent, we know. We think we know what's best for our children and we want to do what's best for our children. If we look at him as our Heavenly Father, he wants the very best of, for his children to reach their full potential on this earth. So uh, God bless you all and uh, I, I just pray that um, you can see what I've seen and be where I've been and um, and I just also pray that he he continues to work in my life because um, 
I'm very grateful for for the changes that have that have happened um, since I did accept that gift of faith. So peace be with you all. God bless. Nick, thank you very much for your time and for uh, sharing with us uh, a bit of your story. My pleasure. Uh, we are looking forward to hear more from you uh, and your walk with Jesus. And I'm pretty sure that next time when we'll have opportunity to talk together again, you'll be able to really share with us some of God's amazing um, plans with you. And uh, may God bless you. May God lead you. May God help you and your family to shine for this uh, uh, purpose. You know? Thank you, Nick. God be with you. You too. Until next time, please don't forget, keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Amen, brother. <laughs>